Hello and welcome to the Talking Talent Podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for finding us. Thank you for your time. Thank you for spending some of that valuable time with us. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Talking Talent time, meaning uh, we're looking at uh, some of the top young players uh, from around the world. And we're going to do a little bit of something different this week. And we are going to preview the uh, FIBA U18 America's Championship uh, running in Mexico. Uh, Tijuana starts uh, on June 6th, which is Monday, um, and runs until until Sunday, the 12th, 6th to the 12th. Um, and uh, we are looking for the first four teams for the FIBA U19 Basketball World Cup 2023. Uh, and we are going to have, um, yeah, first four teams of the field are going to be set then uh, in uh, in uh, just uh, really just a matter of a, a couple weeks. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, June 12th is the magical day where we uh, – actually, June, uh, June 10th, uh, the Friday. Mark it on your calendar. Uh, it's actually June 11th in the morning, uh, over, overnight in Europe. If you're going to be, uh, you know, you're not going to get much sleep because you're going to watch it. I mean, I'm definitely going to watch. That's the, that is the day to, to, to watch. Um, and so we're going to do the preview. We're going to take a look at, uh, all the teams, USA and Canada. We're going to do, uh, yeah, just kind of skim over them a little bit. Um, uh, we're talking to Luis Policelli, uh, in Brazil, and uh, and also Ignacio Rosotto uh, in Uruguay, and um, yeah, we break down uh, all the teams. And uh, you know, if you want to, if you want to know more about the Brazilian team, uh, go back to yesterday's podcast uh, with uh, taking the charge podcast with uh, where we interviewed uh, Vitor uh, Calvani, the head coach of the under nineteen, under eighteen uh, Brazilian team. Uh, so go back and, and listen to that from yesterday. Uh, but we're going to go look at all the teams. Uh, we're going to look at uh, some of the uh, the drama that we that we are expecting, some of the top games, etc. Uh, so I'm just going to let just going to jump right in. Um, so enjoy the show uh, again. This is with uh, with Luis Palacelli and uh, Ignacio Rosotto. Enjoy it. Uh, we will talk to you next week again. Remember the dates: June sixth to the twelfth, uh, and that is the Monday and uh, going to the uh, going to Sunday. So enjoy it, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. So uh, on the uh, Talking Talent uh, show this week, um, we're doing a tag team uh, tag team look at the FIBA U eighteen Americas Championship twenty twenty two with uh, Luis Policelli uh, from Brazil and Ignacio. Uh, Risotto from uh, from uh, Uruguay. Um, one of those teams are are in the U eighteen uh, uh, Americas, and the other one is not. And probably feeling be. personally attacked by the Cinco. <laughs> you're not atta- You're not being attacked. Um, let's start with uh, let's start with the younger of the group here, uh, Luis. How you doing? I'm doing well. Uh... Happy you took the shot on Ignacio, so he didn't have to do it. Uh, <laughs> That's my well, job. That's my job. I'm the oldest one here, so I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm starting. It's already very happy uh, because of it. Yeah. Ignacio, how are you? 
uh not doing so well after after this but uh man we we were so close to qualify for this and you know at some point we're gonna break break through i'm i'm sure of it but you know ecuador definitely uh, you know, I, you know, I wish, always the same. I wish, you know, it's the third I, wish and... I wish it was Venezuela instead of Ecuador for you guys, because at least, you know, it's the host and whatever, but you know, Ecuador is like, I don't know. It's the, it's the, they yeah. don't have a chance. They have no chance. I mean, so, I, okay. So the tournament starts on the 6th. Uh, which is uh, when is my calendar? Anyhow, uh, uh, June sixth goes to the twelfth, and it's in Tijuana. Uh, this is the first time that it's been in Mer- in Mexico. Um, and as we know, Mexico just hosted the BWB Bas- Basketball Without Borders Americas. Um, and uh, the format I want to I want to say it's changed. I, I don't think twenty eighteen was crossover for everybody do you know that i mean ignacio you might know better than uh, luis do you know that there was it was it the crossover with all four teams or, or i thought it was just the semi-final or the top two goes to the semis wasn't that it uh oh that's a good question um i don't remember yet okay i'll take a look i'll take a look what we talk so but so no, i i don't i i remember the same as you like it was the final four and that's it yeah that's what i want to say too which which actually adds unbelievable drama drama yeah. to all this thing i mean so the four team the the four teams in each of the groups will play each other um round robin and then and then cross over you know fourth place plays the first place from the other one and we have some absolutely unbelievable matchups and of course so your quarterfinals Four teams go to the World Cup. These are qualifiers for the FIBA Under-19 Basketball World Cup 2023. So four teams go. That means you're four semifinals. That means you're four quarterfinal winners. That means you have to win your quarterfinal matchup. Otherwise, you're not going to the World Cup. And, um, and I, you know, I can't wait for that. That is the, so six, seven, eight, nine. That's the 10th. June 10th. Mark it down in your calendar. That is quarterfinal day at the Under-18 Under-Americas. Because there is going to be, I'm I'm going to say uh, there's going to be six good games. The America USA game, you know, maybe USA game might be interesting, but um, but and then of course Canada probably against Ecuador. So the group breakdown, um, and we'll kind of go into a little bit detail on on on, on most of these teams are. So it's uh, Argentina who have been in this competition every time, uh, Brazil who weren't in the competition in 2018 because they actually still suspended. Uh, by FIBA, Canada, um, and and then Mexico. That's Group A. Canada, uh, who have reached the champ- the final of this tournament the last three years, um, and, uh, the last three uh, events and the three before that, they were actually dating back to uh, 2008. They took the bronze. So they've been at least bronze uh, in the last six tournaments. And the other side, uh, you have Ecuador, uh, who were in this for the second time in uh, 2018 was the first time that they made it. And um, when they went winless, um, which I think might <laughs> repeat. Um, and of course they made it from South America's uh, instead of uh, beating, actually they beat Uruguay and Venezuela uh, Dominican Republic, which will be there in the fourth straight time 
Puerto Rico last medal actually in here was actually the, the 2012, uh, 2002 when they won the title. And of course the, you know, the ever, you know, the powerful USA. Um, so I, I want to, I, so we look at group A, right? And we say Mexico, uh, Argentina, Brazil, Canada, Mexico. And waiting for us on that first day is Argentina, Brazil. Um, which, which, which I guess we kind of let uh, uh, Lewis kind of take over a little bit here. That was obviously the final of the South America Championship under 18, should have been last year under 17, blah, blah, blah. And Brazil beat Argentina 73-59. But this Argentina team is going to be a lot different and a lot stronger um, because they have their Europeans, uh, at least in the extended roster. You're talking Giovanetti from Estudiantes. You're talking Marciaro from Varese, Boca from Obradora, uh, Via from from Varese as well, Fresno from Stella Azura, and then you have Batista Rodriguez from Basconia. Whether or not they all make the team, who knows? Um, but you put them on top of guys like Bordon and and Aia, and then also you're like your 2005s, you know, uh, Raspad. Uh, I, I you can go into that as much as you want, uh, uh Lewis. I'm just kind of you know putting it out there. Uh, uh Raspad was of course uh, BW America's MVP. Um, and but Brazil's kind of the same thing, and 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 I'll I, and I will let you talk about Brazil. I don't want to steal all of your thunder. Um, so I guess kind of just first start off with either of those teams. Uh, I guess maybe first start off with Brazil. Um, uh, Luis, uh, your thoughts about that? Obviously, they won the game, so I won the under eighteen slash under seventeen uh, South America Championship with Renan dos Santos uh, dos Santos being the MVP. Um, your thoughts about this Brazil team uh, going into the the the, the uh, tournament? So the Brazilian team pretty much uh, uh, stayed the same. Uh, a few changes, but um, the stars are probably going to be the this this the stars are the same. Uh, most of the rotation is probably going to be the same. So, uh, yeah. That team was uh, more than enough to go through everybody on the South American Championship, uh, including Argentina. It was a tougher game than the others, but uh, still they won it with a pretty good margin. But, you know, this is a different uh, Argentina side. Uh, they got their players uh, that are based in Europe back, you know, Juan Boca, Giovanetti, uh, the other guys, uh, and they already had a lot of talent with Bordon, uh, Aliyah, and, you know, uh, Santa was a guy I really liked in the, in the South American. So, I don't know, man. Uh, clearly, the Brazilian side from the South American uh, was better but those guys might be enough to change it completely. Uh, so I really don't know. Uh, be, they, this will be a pretty uh, balanced matchup and it will be pretty interesting when we get uh, these two facing up uh, right on the first day. When, when you look at this Brazilian team, which of the guys do you think 
um, which of the guys from this uh, from the qualifying team really probably needs to take a bigger step up uh, in order for them to be successful? Uh, to be honest, I kind of expected more from Duklaski. Uh, he was a very good scorer in the under 16 with, in 2021 uh, and then played a year up with the under 18 team this year. And he kind of, you know, became just a playmaker didn't take a big role as a scorer uh, and you know he's the probably the biggest name from the 2005 generation from Brazil so uh, this is the guy I expected uh, more uh, he started over uh, Gabriel Landeira who uh, was named to the All-Star 5 even and he didn't produce what he did so this is a guy I'd really like to see uh, no uh, being more aggressive, doing more, getting more volume, uh, being a bit more efficient. So it's called it on is uh, also a big prospect that, you know, he doesn't really get the offensive production right now. Uh, and I don't expect it uh, to be increased by much in this tournament. But, you know, uh, he has a lot of potential, not always gets uh, offensive volume too. Uh, so this is a guy I would like to uh, to see taking a, a bigger role there. Yeah. Um, uh, Bash Klofka was also at the uh, BWB America. And uh, and so that he obviously uh, that would give him a little bit more, um, a little, more, little bit more motivation or, you know, you know, just a little bit more, uh, you know, his place, you know, and having to, you know, got to play some Canadians and, and uh, the rest of the, the, uh, the Americas as well. Um, so, uh, Ignacio, I don't know how much you, you, you know, you, uh, feel like you want to take a look at the, at the Brazilians. Um, you know, yeah. obviously, obviously Dos Santos is, is, you know, the, 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 the main dude and, uh, but I mean, guys like Calderon and 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 Leonardo uh, Cardoso are just like you know guys you just like kind of dream on. So just your thoughts on on maybe this this uh, Brazilian team? Yeah, just I think the the guy that Luis didn't mention that to me was was interesting in in the settings that I watch is Pitor Farias. Um, so he's a, a bit younger, born April two thousand five. And I just thought that even though he didn't play a ton of minutes in the U18 South American, he only played 15 minutes. But, you know, six foot eight guy, someone who is kind of a, an energy big, a little bit on the smaller side, but I think he could end up in the long term growing like one or two inches. And so I, I think he's a long. Uh, mobile, strong, and can can defend the rim, and I think that's somewhere where you know Brazil can make the difference. Maybe not against you know a USA or a Canada that has a lot of those guys, but if you look at an Argentina, if you look at uh, uh, obviously Ecuador, and maybe even teams like Mexico, they don't have those type of players. So when Brazil needs to you know, rise above those teams, I think Farias can be one of those guys who can who can make a difference. So 
Um, on Brazil, that's the guy that uh, I think he could be an X factor and also, you know, playing one year up in age. And then uh, the, the Argentina team is kind of, I, I don't want to say strange, but you're always used to seeing Argentinian teams being strong at the guard position or with their bigs. And this is an Argentinian team, especially the 2005 generation, which the strength to me relies on the wings, on the guys who are six foot six, six foot seven. It's a team that you yeah. got to love then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and also like, and this is the part that I love, um, they all kind of play like guards in a way because they're bigger, but they can handle the ball. They can, you know, shoot off the catch, some shooting off motion of the dribble. Um, guys like Luca, Lucas Giovanetti, six foot seven, uh, you know, uh, Tiziano Prome, he's more of an undersized big, but he's six foot eight. And then uh, born 2004, I, I talked about him on the podcast before in, in Lia Lia. So kind of an interesting team where they have, you know, they are really strong in areas which Argentinian teams are generally not that strong. Not saying that Argentinian, you know, wings are bad or anything, but they are generally really strong with, you know, the, the pass first guards that can break down a defense. Uh, this is not that type of generation of Argentina. So, you know, that much matchup of the Argentinian wings against everybody is something that, that I really look forward to seeing. And, and, and Lewis, I mean, when we, you did, when you did Dylan Bourdon, one of the things that I sort of said was he's the type of guy that plays better when he's playing with better guys. And so I think, well, I think, and that's why I'm really looking forward to see how he plays with these guys, because this is a lot higher level, all of those European guys than what he was playing. I'm not saying that the Argentina team that was uh, at the under 18 was, was not very good at South America's was not very good, but this is a, a big step up. And so, you know, uh, you know, your, your, your thoughts on, on, on Bordeaux being able to, you know, be a, a, even that much more of a playmaker um, in this, in the, in this team. Something I mentioned uh, when we did the Bordeaux episode was that, you know, he had a good number of assists, but it could be much, much better if he had uh, better shooters uh, around him and he'll get uh, more shooters. So I definitely expect his playmaking to, to be even better. You know, it was already great uh, in the South American without... Uh, you know, the same amount of talent they will have uh, now. And, you know, so I expect him to, you know, uh, you know be just even better than he was uh, on everything. And maybe, you know, that not having that big of a scoring load uh, will actually make his game uh, more efficient. Sometimes he would have to, you know, take uh, some shots that were, uh, maybe a little too difficult, but you know there wasn't any other options, so it was just uh, him shooting from uh, two steps behind the line, uh, the three-point line, and that's it. So I think it will really help uh, his entire game. Let's um, let's move to Mexico um, and. 
Mexico have a chance to, so their first game is against Canada and on paper, you'd say no way. Uh, but it's the first game it's in Mexico. Um, they're going to be jacked up. They're going to be, you know, it's the best team, you know, uh, at least expected to be best team in the group. Um, and if Ken is not ready, uh, Mexico do have some guys that, you know, they're not going to shy away and they could really ball, uh, mainly Santiago Camacho, uh, you know, Victor Valdez is there as well. Uh, Aram Sukhoi, uh, as well as Josue um, uh, Ocampo, uh, especially especially Camacho. Um, and, you know, this is a team that in the final of the Central Basket, uh, under-17 Central Basket, they led Puerto Rico by 19 points, and it was a 15-point fourth quarter lead. Uh, they ended up losing overtime. Um, so, you know, this is a team that can play. And just are they going to beat Canada? Probably not. Could you maybe see them getting a surprise because Canada is maybe not used to it? None of Elijah Fisher is the only guy. We'll talk about Canada in a minute, but Elijah Fisher is the only guy who's played internationally. Um, why don't we go with uh, Ignacio? Uh, thoughts on, on on Mexico? Yeah, I think Mexico is one of the most like high variance teams in this tournament because I think they're strengths rely on two guys that can shoot the hell out of the ball and they're going to shoot in a high volume just like they did in central basket um for me it starts with Aram, Aram Soki who is playing one year up in age born uh actually born 31st of December 2005 so he's almost a two, he's almost playing he's two years essentially a 2006 yeah yeah exactly and Soki, to me, he's just the best shooter in the 2005 class. Uh, just a really compact mechanics, decisive as a shooter, um, just a guy able to make shots against pressure. Um, I'm, I'm just like, w when you watch Soki, is like you're overwhelmed by the you know, sheer confidence and ability he has to make those tough jumpers. Um, he, obviously, that opens up a lot of things for him in terms of, you know, his gravity allows him to pass on the move um, and, you know, he can attack a closeout, but he's not developed in those areas yet. And he has two guys that are going to handle the ball a lot next to him. Uh, but to me, Soki needs to be on his game as he's always is when I watch him uh, in last in Central Basket uh, last year. He had he shot fifty percent from three, uh, yeah, fifty percent from three on seven attempts per game, which is nothing short of of insane. Um, and the guys uh, running the point and creating shots for him. The first guy is, is Victor Valdez. Uh, Valdez is kind of a non-orthodox point guard because he's six foot four, but he's really strong. He plays more like a power forward in the ten in the in terms of the matchups he has, and he he's again he's not explosive. He's not quick by any means, but. He's just incredibly fluid and strong for his size. 
and he just exploits mismatches against smaller opponents over and over and over again. And he becomes nearly unstoppable with the ball in his hands to get to the rim, which is kind of weird because you watch the, the speed that he plays and you would say he should be easy to stop, but he's not easy to stop. Um, he uh, had uh, eight assists per game in, in last tournament. He also had six turnovers per game. So decision-making needs to you know, be a bit more crisp in this tournament, especially considering that the level of play you know, is, is, is a clear step up from central basket. But he's one of those guys who is just so fluid and versatile with the ball in his hands and just so strong that is going to create mismatches. And finally, uh, Santiago Camacho, again, another one of the top guys here for, for Mexico. Just, just like Soki, an incredible shooter. Um, he has all the things you would like to see in a shooter from the alignment to the fluid mechanics, from the versatility that allows him to make shots on the, on the move. Uh, from just how quick he is, he is to get his shot off to the numbers, the percentages, uh, 45% from three on 6.6 attempts uh, during uh, last year's central basket. So the, the, the recipe for Mexico is pretty much give the ball to Valdez, let him create, have Camacho and Soki get open in the perimeter, and they're going to make their, their open looks. And I, I say they are one of the high variance teams because if they are, if they're like lighting it up from three, like they were in the central basket, I think they can beat anybody. But if you stop that kind of three man game, do they have enough on, on, on their other players to really compete with a Canada or even with an Argentina or Brazil? I'll, I'll put it out there. Canada the two of their point guards are six foot one and five foot ten. Just gonna put it wow. out there. So just yeah, that's <laughs> that's a mismatch waiting to happen. <laughs> um, uh, Luis, anything Mexico? Um, you know, I'm kind of interested to see uh, if the athleticism thing uh, kind of you know affects them. You know, because both Victor who is the, uh, their biggest playmaker, and Santiago Camacho aren't necessarily uh, creators through uh, burst speed and, you know, explosion. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I don't know, maybe uh, these kind of deters uh, them when they face these more athletic teams uh, that will be in the competition. Uh, so this is the biggest thing, and as... Nessa said, you know, if the three-point shot isn't falling and they don't have, they are, you know, uh, below the level of athleticism, uh, how will they handle things? But on a good night, like, uh, they can just put so many points Home with their crowd. shooters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mexico! Viva! Exactly. <laughs> uh, I can see them making, like, five straight three pointers the crowd on fire yeah uh, so you know i'm really interested to see because they can be really really good but they can just have some awful shooting night that uh, 
I don't know if that's on the quarterfinals, then they're just done, and that's it. Well, let's not let's not uh, get ahead that too far. Uh, since I guess since I'm from North America, I have to do I have to do uh, a little bit more Canada right now. They're at 19 players. Uh, I don't really know much about them. Uh, obviously, Elijah Fisher is the main is going to be the main dude. Um, you know, this was the child prodigy that's been you know hyped up in in Canadian basketball for ages. Was two years younger, uh, playing at the uh, U19 uh, FIBA Basketball World Cup last summer. Same birth year as uh, one Victor Wembanyama. Just to put it out there, uh, just actually today or yesterday, just committed to Texas Tech. Um, is going to be the main guy, uh, with, without a doubt. Um, they do have a couple other guys. Um, they, you know, looking at the 19, obviously, you know, you, you have you have seven guys to cut, but, you know, at 19, you have one, two, three, four, five guys, uh, six, ten. Um, and uh, and, you know, that's one thing that that Canada has, you know, has really been able to do is produce uh, uh, athletic guys as well. Um, and if those guys are able to perform, I know that uh, Braden, uh McVicar uh, is a 6'10 guy who can also shoot from the outside. So that adds that dynamic. Uh, you team him up with a 6'10 guy who's, uh, you know, big athletic around the basket. Obviously that causes some headaches. Um, and, you know, also in addition to Elijah Fisher, two other guys at, um, uh, at the BioSteel uh, um, BioSteel game, is that what it's called? All Canadian game. Sorry. The bio steel, all Canadian game, which is like the, you know, the big, you know, the big show for uh, Canadian, uh, Canadian, uh, young Canadian players. Um, the uh, what's the Ujiri. What's his, what's his uh, first name? Masai Ujiri. Masai Ujiri. Right. He's there, you know, and you know, all the, all the, the big shots of Canadian basketball come and watch that. So Fisher was there and two other guys that were there. Um, and, and this is where I'll, I'll let Ignacio jump in because I know he wants to, um, yeah. were, were Vassan Alet, uh, and TJ Hurley. Um, so, uh, that's a little bit of, uh, a little bit, we, what I can offer. I know yeah. you want I, I know you want to talk about, uh, Mr. Alet, so I'll let you jump on him. Yeah. I'm by no means, uh, like, um, an expert on Canadian high school basketball because I don't really cover North America, but I've watched. Um, both teams in Crestwood Prep where Elijah Fisher plays and uh, United Scholastic Academy where uh, Vashon, I would, I, I think that's how you probably pronounce Vashon. it. Yeah, probably Vashon. Vashon Alet plays. So with Fisher, like ever, everything that David uh, says is 100% true. Like he's going to be the main guy there at six foot seven, someone who is. Um, really strong he could play at the wing at any nba team potentially in one year or definitely someone who is going to play i i guess he's going to play the four in college um not that it changes a ton if he plays the three and the four but he has all the tools he can get to rim with tremendous fluidity uh i i like how he uses floaters how he finished strong on drives and, you know, he's developing that, that shooting uh, in terms of he can obviously hit a, a, a catch and shoot, but, um, you know, I see him hit jumpers off the dribble. Defenders shouldn't go under his screens. So 
some of with those type of tools and those types of um, you know skills and weapons and offense uh, can can really create a ton against these type of defenders. So really interested to see how Fisher does here, uh, and you know really interesting get for for Texas Tech. Um, I I really love that get for them, and Mashana Led is kind of a under the radar guy. 20, he's from the class of 2023. Um, I saw him play at United Scholastic uh, a couple of months ago, and I was just overwhelmed by the creativity, the confidence to get his shot off, the uh, just creativity as a passer and the, the type of deliveries that he is able to make and the type of reads that he's able to make at, at six foot four. He plays with a lot of energy. He takes his takes it strong to the rim. Um, so I watch him and I was like, how is this guy not getting offers? And lo and behold, two months later, there's two offers from different teams uh, in Division One. So um, I guess I was a bit ahead of, of the curve on that one. But uh, if he makes the final roster, I think this is maybe where Alette takes the next step you know, really puts himself out there and, you know, he gets dozens of offers by the time he's ready to commit. So, yeah, just two guys that I watch in, in very few uh, viewings of Canadian basketball that I did in, in, in the past few months uh, that, that I think, especially Alette, I think he can be the, the breakout guy for Canada here. I, I don't see how he doesn't uh, make the team. He In this in this uh, BioSteel game, he had 30 points. Uh, Fisher had 28. Um, uh, Louis, any, anything on Canada? I know it's not really your your specialty, but is there anything that, uh, that you want to add? To be honest, no. <laughs> All right, no problem. Let's go over to. We're only halfway through, guys. Actually, we're only about a third through because there's all this, uh, you know, this drama and banter and stuff that we're gonna get afterwards. <laughs> uh, let's let's start with with the. Uh, I'm gonna say by far the weakest team uh, in the competition. That's Ecuador. Uh, like I said, second time that they're there, uh, and you know they ended up beating Uruguay, so, uh, sorry, and Venezuela. Um, and uh, I don't, I don't foresee I've been that. Catching I, I don't... Stray all day. No, 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 no. It's, it's, I, it's, uh, it, it's a I, fact. It's a fact. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't throw hate. I just throw facts. Um, wow. So, so wow. but, I, but it's not. But yeah, anyway. We all we all know that it's it's we kid because we love it. Um, but but really it's 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 a team that I don't foresee. I mean, they're a tough, gritty team. Obviously, you know they they rely on their guards as as well as uh, Yosef uh, Gasiado, um, Gasedo, uh, and that's uh, Yanner David uh, Kia and Kenny Reclada. Um, you know that's really it. Um, and that's not loads, especially size wise. <laughs> um, Ignacio, why don't you, uh, uh, no, wait, sorry. No, this is, uh, this is for Lewis. Sorry, Lewis. Um, why don't you, uh, let us know what the South Americans, uh, what we can expect from the South Americans. Um, yeah, this is the weakest team by a big amount. Uh, but they're still able to beat Uruguay by the way. So this is well. Didn't they? Didn't they? Didn't they? Were they the ones who were actually leading Argentina as well? 
Yes. Right. And Argentina needed a, a late comeback in order to beat them. Yes. Yeah. Great so, game, by the way. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's no Argentinian here to, for me to take a shot. So just going to talk about <laughs> Uruguay. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, their big strength in, in the South American was their two uh, very undersized guys. Uh, Ricardo. 5'8 and 5'10. And yeah. And Castillo 5'. It's really, they're really undersized. But considering Caicedo was their main big and he's 6'5, you know, not yep. that bad. Um, the giant compared to the guards, right? Yeah. Sorry. Uh, no, I mean to hijack you. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, but, you know, in the South American, they were really able to put a lot of pressure on the run, on the rim. So that was a big thing for them. Uh, they are really, really quick. Uh, so, and sometimes the other teams didn't have uh, huge rim protectors. So uh, they could uh, finish against them uh, at a decent level uh, because, you know, they weren't the type of athletes and they didn't have the size that, uh, you know, USA will have, Brazil will have, uh, Canada has. Uh, so that's probably going to change a lot uh, in this tournament. But Caicedo is actually an interesting guy. I don't think he's going to be able to hold up against uh, the 610, 6'11 bigs that will be thrown at him. But, you know, he's a versatile defender. He offers some solid defense. Uh, on the interior, he can guard the perimeter too. Uh, and you know, there is some ability to space the floor on offense. Uh, there's some post uh, creation, self creation in there. So, you know, this is, this is probably the most interesting prospect for on this team because he uh, has a solid uh, level of athleticism and some versatility on both ends of the floor. Uh, but other than that, uh, I really think it's going to be rough for those guards to produce uh, the same as they did. And uh, they're going to lose all the games, to be honest. There's, uh, by how much do you think uh, USA will beat them? Because it's going to be pretty ugly, probably. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be pretty bad. Um, Ignacio, anything on... Uh... I'm I'm, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the bright side with them and and say that the last uh, time, the yeah. last time they they met with USA was in the actually in the last U18s, uh, Americas they met in the quarterfinals and USA beat them by seventy seven, uh, yeah seventy seven, hundred and thirty two to fifty five. I would say this is a much more interesting Ecuador team than that one. That doesn't mean that USA can put up 70 on them. But this is a, a much more interesting Ecuador team. Um, I think uh, like the two guards, like you guys said, both of them super interesting. Both of them not the most uh, efficient guys in the world. Uh, they, they are more like volume playmakers and volume shooters. And they're not going to convert those shots uh, at a high clip 
uh, Arcelem more of a more of the playmaking guy, while Ricalde is more uh, of um, sorry, I I no yeah, Ricalde is more of the the shot maker, and and Caicedo, like you said, an interesting guy, kind of a six foot five center, and and I would say this applies to the whole Ecuador team. I think they relied a ton on energy, instincts, mm-hmm. and good coaching. Mm-hmm. And that got him to just this dog mentality, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Like I mean, they, they, they were... shot they shot thirty one percent from the field in the tournament. So do I think that that I think that dog mentality can only ten, take you ten, so ten far. steals per game. They had ten steals per game. But they are a really well coached team. Mm-hmm. They know where to be. Like Caicedo, the I, I I don't remember. I don't have the numbers right now. But the amount of offensive rebounds that he, he had against Argentina, just on instincts and knowing Four, where to 4. be, 4.0 per game at six and five. That's that's incredible. So and it's um, six offensive rebounds against six offensive rebounds against Argentina, five against Brazil. They know they are the, the underdog. They know that nobody is going to put money on them. And, you know, they, they might catch a team by surprise. They are definitely the, the least talented team. But if they play with the same amount of fire and energy that they played in in um, the Americas tournament, they're gonna, they might be a headache for some teams. So, yeah. and, and, and this is like, Again, I think they are a better team than the team that made it in, in 2018. And I love to see these top teams that you generally don't think of when you think about Latin American basketball to be able to get to these competitions and be a bit better every time. So, so that's all I can say about Ecuador. Your, your comment earlier about the USA playing Ecuador actually answered our previous question. In 2018, yes. they, they did, in fact, go all four go through to the... Um, uh, to the quarterfinals. So this is not, the, this will not be the first time. Um, uh, their first game is actually against Puerto Rico, which will not be an enormous team. So let's move on to Puerto Rico because of that. Um, they, they, they won't be a, a enormous team. Um, they do have a couple of, uh, of pretty, pretty nice players. Uh, of course they, as, as previously mentioned, they made the big comeback in the final uh, to beat Mexico um, coming back from 19 points down 15 points in the fourth quarter and then winning in overtime. Uh, main, main guys, uh, Adir Ortiz, Alejandro Avias, um, uh, Yaniel Rivera and Jose Ortiz. Um, why don't you, Ignacio, uh, show us, uh, tell us what you think about, uh, about this Puerto Rico team. Yeah, Puerto Rico for me has the most interesting guy in the tournament that's not on USA or Canada, and that's Alejandro Aviles. So Aviles is born 2006. He's going to be playing two years up in age here, the same way he played two years up in age in Central Basket, and he was one of the best guys there. Um, even though he's born 2006, he's already six, he was already six foot nine. Uh, last year when he played, uh, he has long arms, excellent standing reach, towers over people, which allows him to be really productive inside for interior scoring, uh, blocking shots and rebounding. 
Um, he plays with a lot of, gen of energy. I like how he makes things happen on the interior, especially in the offensive glass. And he's just really fluid for his size, not only on the block, but he can, you know, he, if he catches the ball outside of the three-point line, he will put it on the floor and, you know, put a body on his opponent to create space and, and finish at the rim. So he can drive the ball. And he also, like, he has a mid-range jumper, uh, repeatable stroke, repeatable, um, respectable touch for his size. So I think if he continues to develop in that area and um, extend his range, um, which I think he does because he has the touch, the mechanics, the fluidity, and the ability to, to convert against pressure enough movement from mid-range. So I don't see why not he, I don't see why he couldn't extend that range and become like a stretch big. But overall, the most interesting talent in this tournament for me is going to be Abilis, and he's going to be uh, surrounded by some interesting guys. Uh, one of them is Daniel Rivera, um, you know, six foot four, kind of high energy uh, driving guard slash wing, um, you know, who can create his own shot, uh, create his own drive uh, against the set defense. Um, really knows how to move through traffic. Um, at times has, he's not super explosive. Uh, so he relies more on like probing and making his way through traffic and finding the open space more than creating that open space. But um, definitely someone who, you know, can, can um, drive and, and create his own shot at a high volume And, and also a guy that shot 46% from three on 5.6 attempts at central basket. Um, and, and, and even though I, I don't know if he's a super versatile shooter, um, he has a big enough list that commands a lot of attention inside. And if he finds himself open on the perimeter and gets a catch and shoot opportunity, um, he's, he's going to drain that shot. Uh, and, and also someone who does a, a decent job at, at making plays out of gravity uh, and, and making, you know, those, those driving kick type of plays. Um, the final guy and, and, and another, he's more of an undersized four than a big is Edith Ortiz. Um, just, again, a strong guy, someone who... Uh, at six foot seven, does all the things that you would expect from kind of a throwback for in, in, in you know, catching the ball inside, creating his own shot inside, uh, protecting the rim from the weak side. Uh, and, you know, the, the jumper needs some work, but certainly has shown some ability to, to step out and, and convert threes in, in pick and pops and, and those sort of situations. So, I, I like how Puerto Rico is built from the inside out. And with those two dominant guys in, in Ortiz and Aviles, um, they probably shouldn't have much issue in, in dominating the rebounding and just making it difficult for opponents to finish on the interior. 
Um, and, and, and I think they have enough talent on the outside to, you know, um, you, to complement those two dominant guys. So to me, Puerto Rico outside of US and Canada, of course, is one of the candidates to take one of those two spots. Uh, is, I, I, if I recall correctly, it's two spots uh, yeah, yeah, for, yeah, the the, for the four quarterfinal winners. Yeah. Uh, Luis, anything, uh, anything uh, on Puerto Rico? I mean, I want to see how uh, Aviles will, uh, uh, you know, perform against uh, these guys. Uh, he's 15. He had just turned 15 when he played uh, Central Basket, so he's super young. And you couldn't tell he was uh, playing two years up mm -hmm. in, the, in the Central Basket. Maybe you won't be able to tell it uh, in the Americas championship because you know he's really tall uh he wasn't afraid of contact uh, he has some it's pretty raw but you can see some skill uh on the inside so this is the guy i really want to to see uh if you know with an increased level of competition if he'll be able uh to perform and you know rivera and ortiz uh, both uh, guys I'm really interested. Uh, Ortiz such a smart uh, player. I love his passing. I think he's pretty skilled. He's not the best athlete, but uh, he's a fun player to watch uh, because of his combination of, you know, uh, being able to drive, being able to shoot, being able to pass. And you know, Rivera also uh, kind of a dynamic uh, on-ball creator. Uh I'd like to see if uh, the pick and roll with Alice works. Uh, this could be an interesting uh, combination for them, you know. And, you know, just him, how efficient he'll be because there were some games he was just, uh, he had a bunch of volume, but he was dragging the team down because of the inefficiency. So that's uh, what I'll be watching with, in Puerto, Puerto Rico. Um, we, we mentioned the, the, the first day dramatics, uh, with the Argentina, uh, Argentina, Brazil game. Uh, we got, uh, we got the day, day two, uh, in group B, uh, when we have Dominican Republic playing against Puerto Rico, uh, Puerto Rico in the under 17 central basket semifinals knocked off, uh, Dominican 81, 80. Uh, nearly lost a 10-point lead in the final three minutes. Um, Puerto Rico ended up winning, as we mentioned before, against Mexico. Dominican Republic, uh, who did they beat uh, to take these to take the sil to take the bronze? They oh, beat Costa Rica. Costa Rica, yes. Uh, the tight nail biter, 102-54. Uh, not really in doubt, but okay. So. Um, Day two, uh, and uh, Dominican Republic have have a couple guys too. Um, you, you look at uh, Edwin Daniel, Nasir Muhammad, Luis Diaz, um, Yeltsin uh, Liberato, uh, um, Ignacio. Let us know what uh, what do you think about this uh, Dominican Republic team? Yeah, I I don't think that. And sorry to start on on a negative note, but um, I don't. 
I, I think the third place in that tournament was kind of justified in the sense that obviously they were better than the rest of the field. But to me, they Dominican Republic in terms of talent wasn't really on the same level as Mexico or 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 uh, Puerto Rico, or at least not in the same level of balance in the type of talent they they got on the team. Um, to me, the the guy that's gonna be running the show there is Sedwin Linares, uh, which is probably one of the best uh, and most complete and most versatile um, players in the tournament. Um, Linares at six foot nine, born two thousand and four. Um, just a guy that does a lot with a ball in his hands, um, you know, catching the ball in the perimeter, um, at six for nine, I would have expected to see to, for him to do more inside, but he mostly does catch and finish and offensive rebounding stuff. Uh, he does most of his damage from the perimeter. Um, not a guy that South creates a ton, but um, he can catch the ball in the three-point line, attack a closeout, attack a mismatch against a smaller player, and finish with a level of versatility, finishing awkward angles, has really good hang time. And, you know, he's a threat if he can get to, to the interior because he will find a way to find the open space and finish. So that's the guy that, you know, is going to run the show for, for Dominican Republic and also uh, an incredible interior defender and incredible rim protector that's going to make things hard for, for everybody. Uh, the shot is coming around. He shows some moments of passing. So uh, as complete a, a, of a guy as you can see in these type of settings. The question for me is who is around him? Like who is going to step up um, you have guys like Junior Galicia, who is, I think, one of the most athletic guys at, at Central Basket last year, but he didn't really do a, a, a tongue with that athleticism beyond some moments of, you know, uh, slashing and, and getting to the rim, but he played mostly like a third tertiary role. Um you could point to Jason Liverado, uh, a guy playing one year up in age, born in January 2005, um, who is a, a really good defender in the perimeter at six foot four. Um, he can make his, his presence felt on, on that end of the floor, but uh, someone who shot zero for six from three. Uh, and, and despite his slashing ability and he, his ability to get to the interior, um, when you have a guy like Linares at six foot nine, you have to space the floor for them. And, and I don't think that Dominican Republic had the, 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 the type of floor spacers that they need around uh, Linares. And then, you know, some, some other guys... Um, you know, I, I just don't think they have the, the complementary talent that I would like uh, Linares to have to dominate. Uh, Nasir Muhammad is, is another guy, um, barely six feet on the dot. So he's kind of the closest thing they have to a point guard. Um, a, a really good guy defensively on the perimeter, 
but again, doesn't really offer the type of floor spacing. I think that that would be needed for uh, this team. So uh, overall, I think uh, Dominican Republic has a tremendous talent in Linares. Some guys that might or might not take the leap, they do have all the tools, but all of Mohamed and Liberato and Galicia, I think all have the tools to take that next step, but do their skill sets, especially their shooting, um, you know, really live up to, to, to that and can provide the spacing that this team needs. Lewis? Uh, anything to uh, add on the Dominicans? Yeah, uh, similar to Aviles with uh, Puerto Rico. Uh, I just want to see how uh, Edwin Linares uh, handles uh, more size, more uh, athleticism inside. Because I don't, while he's a very fluid athlete, he has good speed for someone his size. He moves uh, north-south and uh, East-West well. Uh, I don't think he's super explosive uh, horizontally, horizontally, you know, uh, vertically. So maybe when he faces better room protectors, uh, he won't be as effective. Uh, he actually struggled a bit uh, with finishing at times in central basket. Uh, so that's something. And, you know, uh, Mohamed as I said with the Ecuador guys, you know, when you're undersized uh, and you take this step up in in the overall uh, level of competition, sometimes uh, you kind of struggle. He's not a big-time shooter. He's more of a, you know, attacking uh, the running guy. So uh, I wouldn't expect him to be super efficient. And, you know... Uh, but just the Linares, you know, it's it will be super interesting to watch the team just because of him. His driving ability at his size is pretty rare. Uh, he's just a straight line driver, basically. But, you know, you don't see guys his size doing what he does. Uh, so uh, interesting team anyway. Uh, USA. Uh, I guess that's my. <laughs> I guess that's mine, and I don't really know. All you. It's all me. Twenty-seven. They are at twenty-seven right now, so they have to drop fifteen guys. Um, obviously, you know it would be a different. You know, obviously it would be. You know, if Tariq Whitehead, you know Duke, uh, Duke uh, guy is was there. They do have a couple of kids who are at the Hoop Summit. That being Kelly uh, Ware, who's going to Oregon. Cam Whitmore, uh, Villanova bound, Anthony Black, uh, Arkansas, and uh, Omaha, uh, Omaha Bilu, who actually played for the world team. Uh, those guys are in the mix. Uh, one name that actually international basketball fans will know is actually uh, Eric Daly Jr., who was just playing for Stella Azura at the Adidas Next Generation tournament. Uh, there's a couple of, there are a couple of Duke uh, commits uh, in the 29. That's Caleb Foster. And Jared McCain, UNC has a couple of kids, Seth Tremble and Gigi Jackson. Um, right now they're a mix of 20 of classes of 22, 23, and 24, which I hate that they go by that they go by class. Um, but I, I know actually, that's one of your one of your pet peeves. It, Every time I mention someone's 
class, high school well, class. Well, actually, here. actually, they're. I can actually, hear you like reading they're, your. They're not. They're not allowed to. USA is not allowed to give their year of birth for whatever oh. reason. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, they're not legally, uh, um, even though they do it for the national, even though they do it one for FIBA, whatever. But yeah. um, so I have no idea who's. <laughs> I mean, you'd have to go and and really kind of like look around, and I don't have the time, and I don't whatever. Um, so, but it's a mix of of actually, actually, there's there's a 2021 class as well. That's Corey Floyd Jr. Um, again, a lot of these names don't really mean much to me, just as much as they mean for you guys. Uh, but putting it out there, so it is a mix of tw- of class 21 but mainly 22 and 23 and one guy, Derek McQueen, who is uh, uh, going to, uh, he's in the 2024 class right now, ESPN ranked number f- five overall uh, going to Mount Verde. So uh, that's your USA team uh, as bad as a breakdown is, you know, you know, wait for, uh, wait for Mike Schmitz and Hey, no, congratulations to Mike Schmitz. Uh, uh, and l- wait, wait for the you know Jonathan Giovoni ESPN guys to break down the uh, USA roster. They'll they'll do a much better job. Okay, uh, teams are done. Um, uh, when I said that uh, Group A was done, meaning we're we're about a third of the way through, um, I I, I kind of wanted to just kind of play around with this a little bit, you know. So you know we mentioned. We mentioned Mexico first game with Canada, you know, Canada, maybe think that they're, you know, might be a little bit better and, you know, Mexico hit some threes and, and if Mexico can, if Mexico were to upset Canada in the first game, that sends this whole competition, which is already going to be crazy into that much more craziness Uh, because Canada, um, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to be playing Ecuador than to be playing one of, you know, Dominican or Puerto Rico. Um, and then on the other side, you have Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico, which is a huge game. Um, and that's going to, who knows? Well, actually, I guess we might know by then because, you know, we'll know Argentina and, and Brazil who wins that game. And so, you know, you might be able to, you're not avoiding anybody because you want to win the game, but you know, you might have an idea after that, after that game. Um, so, and then, and then actually there was a, um, you know, so there is a, there is a theoretical, uh, you know, actually pretty decent chance. You know, if you think that Mexico, if Mexico lose, if Mexico grab one win over Argentina or Brazil, right. And Puerto Rico, um, and, and finish third, Puerto Rico finished second. Um, we could have a rematch of the final, and you know, Mexico is going to want to be going into that game that much more, uh, much more excited and uh, you know, trying to you know, finish, finish off the job with a place at the uh, U19 World Cup, which they've never played at, you know. Um, so let's kind of go into like because okay, we don't know who they're going to play. But, you know, obviously one and four, two and three, three and two, one and four. Um, Brazil haven't made it since 2013. This is a decade. If they don't win in the quarterfinals, it's going to be more than a decade that, that Brazil have not played at the um, at the uh, under 19 World Cup. So, Ignacio, there's your old jab. Go for it. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, 
Canada, obviously, last eight. Dominican Republic, uh, two the last time they were in, in 2015. Ecuador's never made it. Puerto Rico, the last three times. Argentina's only missed once. That was in 2000, uh, in 1987, even though they did miss the one year where uh, Brazil um, did, uh, was it was 17, where they were suspended and, and Argentina jumped in. So, um Give us your thoughts a little bit uh, when we start with uh, uh, Luis um, about s- some of the possible quarterfinal matchups that you see and, and what kind of things you might be expecting from the quarterfinals. Obviously, we don't know who's going to win these games and don't know who, what the matchups are going to be, but you know, maybe some of the some of the some of the quarterfinal matchups that you are most looking forward to. Interesting thing is that in the group A, uh, in my opinion, basically, uh, you I could see Mexico, Argentina, or Brazil ending up in the last spot, and the last spot will mean that you have to play the USA very likely, so you're basically done. So this is a really interesting thing uh, for me. Just you know, uh, which team will just have the bad luck that to finish last and. Uh, almost for sure, uh, be eliminated. Uh, and at the same time, you know, maybe one of the South American, uh, one of the Latin American teams upset Canada and he got the first spot of the group and then they will face Ecuador, which is clearly the um, the weakest team. Uh, by the way, I'm really, uh, I'm really destroying uh, Ecuador on this episode. <laughs> I don't think I've said a single good thing about them, but it's just the truth compared to the rest of the teams. Uh, they just lack uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, so this is the thing. The group A for me will be uh, very interesting to see who finishes first, who finishes uh, fourth. And basically the second and third spot, I don't think will matter too much because... It's probably going to end with uh, Puerto Rico and Dominican Republic, who are uh, a little closer in terms of uh, their overall talent, even though uh, Puerto Rico is probably uh, a bit above uh, the Dominican Republic. So this is the uh, this is what I I'm expecting to see. Ignacio. Yeah, for me, like Group B is kind of more clear, I would say. You know USA is going to be number one. You know Ecuador is going to be probably number four, highly likely. Poor Ecuador. So I think like the Puerto Rico-Dominican Republic game is going to be the deciding factor there. Um, And so, but, but that... Who who's number two? Who's number three? I don't know if that's gonna matter a lot because Group A is a mess. So if you were to tell me that Canada maybe drops to number two, I could see it. If you would tell me that Brazil makes number one, yeah, why not? If Argentina is always, you know, and and now they're gonna have. Um, we're assuming that all their the European Legion of Argentina is going to be there, and and Mexico like again high variance team, 
So with, with the home crowd, with the home crowd for the first time. So it might not even matter to get number two because Mm. you might face anybody. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say that, yes, I, of course, I expect USA to win this tournament and not break a sweat. Um, maybe against Canada, but, um, but then that whole final order of group A, like it's not going to be the same for Puerto Rico to face either of these four teams, you know? So if I had to do my predictions, I would say USA, Canada, Puerto Rico, and the final spot's going to be tough. <laughs> There's no idea. The final spot, I have no idea. I'm leaning. I'm le- Brazil was so dominant in the U18 Americas that I would lean Brazil. But I don't know. It's hard for me not to think about Argentina. They went a long it. time without scoring in, a, in that final against, our, against Argentina. Yeah. To start that so, game. Do do we no, that, think that's, that, that is one area that that they don't like? They don't have elite scoring. Brazil. Yeah. Do we think that that Brazilian team was kind of their final version, and Argentina is going to have two or three guys coming in? Then maybe I see Argentina up against Brazil, and, and you know Mexico is the complete wild card. Wild and, I t- card. and I tell you what. You know, first the first game of Group A is the third game of the day, and that is the Argentina Brazil game. And you know, I this this is this is really because it's so tight. This is you you want to blow out teams, you don't want to get blown out. You know, if you lose a big game, if you lose it, you know, because because of point differential, if you lose a game by a lot of points you could screw yourself. And in this thing, who knows, um, you know, that you could, you know, you could be st- stuck in a, uh, you know, in a three-way tie and, and yeah. Although three-way tie, I guess is the only three-way tie would be two and one. Right. And yeah. Uh, and, 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 and one and, and, team and going three, going three. Yeah. which I, to be honest, I don't know if is Mexico that the, is, is Mexico the team that is the only team that would go on three, you think? Man, I don't, I don't see it's the home, the home, the home team going, too. going three. That, exactly. that, that's for sure. So, um, may, maybe it's more of Canada going three and zero, and the rest of the teams one going two. one and two. Yeah. Like that's the three-way tie that I could see happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, which then says that first game is even that much more important because yes. point, point differential, um, and then, and then you know, last day. Uh, let's see. Last day of the group is uh, Argentina, Mexico, and Argentina. You know, so yeah, uh, fun, fun, fun. So, uh, so you picked. You only went. You only did three. Oh, come on, man. We got to do four. Do four. Four teams: USA, Canada. And I don't. I don't think I could take Canada not making it through, right? Because yep. I mean, Canada. Canada would have to drop down to face Puerto Rico in order for, for me to really think that they would lose. And I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to drop down to the third spot. And if, if they have to face Puerto Rico, they're 
would probably still be the favorite, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But I mean, you know, but I mean, you know, they're not, they would obviously, you know, they wouldn't lose to Ecuador. And I think Dominican Republic will finish third in that group. And so and I don't see Canada losing to Dominican Republic for sure. And no, Puerto Rico probably not either. So, so I think USA, for me, USA, Canada, um, USA, Canada, uh, man, you said Puerto Rico. Yeah. Puerto Rico. I don't know, man. I I I think um, I think Argentina are going to get in there. I think Argentina are going to get in there with their with their um, with their European. Do what you call them a legion? Legion, yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, and I don't know. Does Puerto Rico does does Puerto Rico stand a better chance to do something in the World Cup next year or Brazil? Hmm. That's a, that's a good point. I think, you know, here's the thing. And here's the fun part about this tournament. You watch Central Basket. You measure all the teams against each other. You watch the South American tournament. You measure all the teams against each other. But it's really hard to, like, put them on paper and say, okay, does the champion of this tournament is better than the champion of this tournament? Um I think that Central Basket was more of a top-heavy tournament, and the FIBA Year 18 Americas is more kind of the talent is more spread out. So for me, I think Puerto Rico has more top-end talent than Brazil, but Brazil might be a more balanced team. So I, all of this to say, I don't know. Yeah. I, I would kind of like, and this is not for Lewis for sure, uh, but I, I would kind of like to see Brazil back on the on the world stage yes. at under nineteen. Um, and Argentina just figure out a way to do it all the time. So I'll 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 do those four. I'll do Argentina, Brazil, Canada, and USA. Lewis. And what? Wait, you're leaving Puerto Rico out? I'm leaving Puerto Rico. Yeah. Damn. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I just. Uh, Whichever yeah, of yeah. those teams, whichever of those teams face Dominican, they'll beat them. And then, yeah. and I just think that, um, I don't know. I, 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 I think that the, I think that either of those teams will beat Puerto Rico as well. Okay. Louis? Uh, for me, obviously Canada and the USA. I think Puerto Rico just ha- are on paper, you know, they're significantly better than Ecuador and the Dominican Republic in their group. So maybe they're on a better position than uh, Brazil and Argentina, who I can't even say they're for sure not ending uh, the fourth spot. So I think those three and, you know, Brazil and Argentina, I really don't know. I want to say Brazil, but... Um, that's, just because, that's just because you're a homer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and to be like me, Brazil. no, no rooting interest, man. I don't care who makes it. Yeah, yeah. The issue is that I know uh, Ignacio uh, will be over me uh, if Brazil doesn't do well. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I really need them to damn right up. If they go all and three in the group, I, uh, I don't, I don't even imagine. But I, to be honest, though, could you see Brazil going all and three in a group? 
Yeah. Yeah, if Mexico catches fire, you know, maybe nobody can stop them. Can they uh, beat Argentina for sure? I don't know. Uh, Canada are favorites against them, so uh, it's a tough one. I will say uh, Brazil, Puerto Rico, um, USA, and uh, Canada, but uh, the differential factor for me is just what I want, not... <laughs> Uh, Ignacio, do you want to do you want to put in the fourth team, or are you just gonna leave? Yeah, it? no, I'm I'm gonna make this balanced. And so Luis said Puerto Rico and Brazil, and you said yeah. Brazil and Argentina. So you I'm gonna go say Puerto, Puerto Rico and Argentina. Argentina. Do that. So see, we're all equal. We're all equal. Yeah. So it's like three. So now it's gonna be Ecuador and Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's not gonna happen. But like, don't sleep on Ecuador. I think they can provide a headache for a couple of teams. Not going to name any names. Dominican Republic. <laughs> but they, they, they are, they, they, they play with, they are fun to watch. I, so. I, if, if, if Dominican Republic played Ecuador first, maybe, you know, but, but it's actually uh, the third game, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I know. What was I going to say about the, let's see, was it the second day was, Ah uh, yeah, Brazil, Mexico. So Mexico face. Who do we say Mexico? I, I know. So Brazil take on Argentina in the first game, and Mexico, Canada. So that second game, Brazil, Mexico. Ah, who knows? Anyway. All right, guys. Um, any other observations? Uh, the things that you're looking forward to. Uh, I mean, we talked about a lot of things. Uh, anything else that uh, that you um, looking forward to? Louis, 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 Louis. Okay, David uh, picked for us. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think there is much uh, for me. Uh, Group A is going to be super fun. Uh, I hope Brazil uh, gets there uh, past the quarterfinals. Uh, yes, it's going to be really fun. And Ignacio? Yeah, I think for me... I, I touched a bit on this, but how teams look outside of their regional and continental bubble. Uh, we know Argentina and Brazil are the best teams in South America. We know Puerto Rico, Mexico, and Dominican Republic are the best teams in Central Basket. Okay, what does that mean for the world stage? What does that mean for their, um, you know, uh, opportunities to do something in, in, in the World Cup? And how do those players look when the level of competition, you know, they got to take a step up and, okay, you're not playing, uh, you know, uh, your way. You're not playing Jamaica. Well, Jamaica was a really good team, but you're not playing, you know. Um, <laughs> well, Jamaica had one really, really good player. <laughs> two, actually. The 2007 guy was Yeah, awesome. yeah, right, 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 right. But you're not playing, I don't know, Panama or Costa Rica. Um, you know, what happens when you go out? Aruba. Yeah, against <laughs> USA, Canada, and the other, the top teams from the other side of the continent. Um, so to see how the talent looks there and what does that mean for some guys that might have NBA implications, I would say that if you were to tell me that Adeles is an NBA guy four years down the road, I, I wouldn't be surprised. 
but it starts here. They they gotta you know each one of those guys with NBA type of talent they 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 need to perform here and then in the World Cup. So that's what I'm looking for. And the other thing I'm looking for is um, does version led from Canada and how does Elijah Fisher look? Uh, Elijah Fisher is is a guy that I think Canada might not win this, but I don't know wh why, but I think he can put some crazy numbers up in here. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. he has the team around him. He's going to be the main focus there. So, you know, obviously the MVP generally goes to the winning team, but if, 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 if it goes to the player with the best numbers, wouldn't surprise me if it's Fisher at the end of the day. All right. Uh, mark it down on your calendar. June 10th, I guess, uh, yeah, June 10th to the 11th in the morning for uh, games. The games start local time in Mexico at 1 p.m., which is 10 p.m. on, uh, wait, yeah, that's the quarterfinals. Quarterfinals, is that still the same date? Uh, actually, yeah, it doesn't say the times, but it should be the same times. Uh, 10 p.m., 12.30 a.m., 3 a.m., 5.30 a.m. So you can wake up early. You know, maybe miss the first game, uh, the first quarterfinal. Hopefully that's like, you know, Canada, Ecuador, you know, they put the worst one first and then and then have the fun games later on. Um, that's I, I'm just I can't wait for those quarterfinal games. That's, you know, if uh, if I have anything, if I have any plans, I need to look at my calendar. If I have any plans for June 10th, I'm going to I'm going to be really mad. No, actually, June 11th, right in the morning of June 11th. Yeah. Um, Louis, uh, why don't we start again with you? Uh, let everybody know where they can find you, read your stuff, et cetera. And then Ignacio, you do the same. Follow me on Twitter at BBAL uh, underline Polizelli. Uh, hopefully, you've been more active there in uh, the next few weeks uh, leading up to both the, the FIBA Americas uh, under 18 and then the draft. So, that's it. For me, uh, you can follow me at Airball, E-Y-R-E Ball on Twitter. Um, I write for Pro Insight. At some point, I will be back writing for Pro Insight, underscore Pro Insight on Twitter and uh, prospectiveinsight.com. Uh, this week, I think if all goes well, I'm finally going to tweet again. Uh, and I'm going to have something on uh, Swedish prospects from a recent uh, Sweden get recruited camp. So a lot of stuff there for guys that uh, Sweden is a country that generally sends a lot of players to the NCAA and mm -hmm. to U.S. high schools. Mm -hmm. So you might have something there about guys that are going to be really good in, in college in one or two years. All right. Fantastic stuff. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, only, uh, only, uh, the, the, uh, the, this tournament is right around the corner, uh, time of recording a little bit longer than the time when it's uh, actually comes out. Uh, thank you everybody uh, for listening and, uh, we'll catch you. Next time.